Welcome to a special episode of our Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand series brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity. For more information on the Rainmaker Multiplier process and a list of all podcasts in this series, visit claritytoprosperity.com. Hi everyone, I'm so excited about being here and mostly because I'm passionate about the phone and most are afraid of the phone in some way, shape or form. I feel that the biggest obstacles people really face is getting return phone calls. And a lot of times we're not getting return phone calls because of the type of message we're leaving. Have you ever left a voicemail and gone back to listen to it? I guarantee you, you say way more than you think you do. And less is more. If we tell someone that we want them to schedule an appointment, They can think in their head, I don't need an appointment. I don't want an appointment. I don't want to follow up. And then they don't call back. So the biggest reason is I don't want to do whatever you're saying. So let's use an example. If I leave a message and I say, hi, this is Gina with John Jones. It's time for your review. I know it's been a while. However, we'd really like to see you. And it goes on and on and on. And the punchline, the call is usually deleted before they even hear the phone number versus, hi, this is Gina with John Jones. Hope you're doing well. Please call me at XYZ. Like get them to return the phone call. And it doesn't matter if it's a client, if it's a referral, it might be, hi, this is Gina, Sally Smith, a client of ours, thought we should connect with you. Please call me at XYZ. And even if it's a seminar attendee, it could be more like, hello, this is Gina. Thank you for attending our event last night. Look forward to connecting with you. Please call me at XYZ. I'm not saying I want to schedule an appointment. I'm not saying I'm following up on doing something because that's where they instantly shut down and don't think they need anything at that time. So that's one thing is the voicemail. The other thing is working with with the gatekeepers. Gatekeepers block you all the time. So if you ignore them, if you're rude to them, If you're telling them too much information, they automatically think that you're a telemarketer. So it's getting to know who they are, using their name every time you call. And then the last piece is calling every three days. The average person leaves a voicemail once a week. So when you call a second time, they they don't even remember you called the first time. So if you call on Monday, leave that quick message. Tuesday, not Thursday, you're going to leave another message. And on Thursday, it might be more like, hi, it's Gina with John Jones. I know you're really busy. Please call me at XYZ. Like throw something else in there. And then there's a third message. After a third message and no response, most people give up. In fact, most people give up after the second message. No response. I'm going to move forward. I don't think you should ever give up. An email can go out, a text can go out, and I've left a couple of messages. Have you received them? Is this a better way to communicate with you? Finding a way to connect and then nurture, that is how you're going to turn prospects into clients and clients into referrers. So it's really working a system. Any questions so far? Thoughts? Feedback? Uh, I I can attest to this thing really working. Uh, 
we put on we put two people through it uh most recently one this summer and after 30 plus years in this business i wish i would have had the training when i started when i was making the phone calls uh yeah i, I talk too much so i'm going to take up the rest of the 30 minutes right now right <clears throat> but it's uh they were the most effective and efficient people we've ever had booking and scheduling appointments totally out of mind for me i don't have to think about it um and we had the most recent employee was working doing this while she was working another job before she moved to florida to start working with us had no idea what we were doing what we did right walked into the office was able to make the phone calls feeling professional feeling comfortable and just being totally effective with it i've never seen anything like that before and I could not have trained her. No one in this office could have spent that much time training her to bring her up to speed. And I will not bring in another employee without going through this program again, even an advisor, just so that they know how to leave a phone message, just so they know how to, even on an email, like I said, don't say too much, right? You can get the result by not confusing people. The other one is if I made the phone call, they're asking me, why do I want to have the review? Why do I want to have the appointment? What can I do for them? Operations person for a client, it's going to be checking on something, right? So it's no longer a phone call to book the appointment. We might actually lose the appointment because the questions are answered already. So yeah, the efficiency and the effectiveness just, just goes through the roof beyond anything we've ever had before. Yeah, Joe, I think like the thing is, is we don't have the structure internally none of us do in our own offices to actually teach you know the system and then do do follow-up for accountability and role-playing right yeah. coaching and critiquing we can all have all kinds of aspirations that we're going to do that but in reality we're not and right. so just to be able to plug somebody in to that type of structure the tools the accountability, the follow-up, the role-playing that happens. You know, we've, we've had multiple people go through this. We've had advisors go through it, newer advisors that are starting to, you know, do prospecting over the phone. We've had Medicare supplement agents to teach them how to follow up on all the med sub leads. And then we've had schedulers that would call and do the scheduling. Um, and now, you know, as we've grown into a bigger practice, we were talking about this before we jumped on, Gina. You know, we have somebody, you know, just because of the volume, because we have, you know, multiple advisors and we're doing a ton of lead generation. We're doing on average a seminar every week. So there's so many leads being generated that we ended up having to say, okay, we have the receptionist booking the appointments with clients. And then it, who went through your program? And then we have somebody else, Gary, who's booking the appointment with the prospects. And then as we can, Gary got underwater, he couldn't follow up with all the prospects because we were doing so much lead generation. We peeled out the prospects that we would say are cold, meaning that they registered for a webinar or an event, but they never showed up. We've never actually met them. And then we have your team following up on all those. But I think initially you have one person can do all of that. But as your firm grows or you're doing a lot more lead generation, then you start kind of almost separating out 
who's doing what we've had that's how we've had success with it but have everybody going through it and i'm just going to say that the bottom line is in an office first and foremost we have to have a process to really work the prospects as well as the clients and most offices cherry pick they cherry pick on time they cherry pick on who's going to be making those phone calls but if you have one person in your office that can make all the calls clients prospects referrals seminar attendees like that's a great relationship manager and their job is to nurture those relationships and sometimes it could be checking in with them has anything changed is this a good time to reconnect sometimes it's actually scheduling that client review sometimes it could be they attended a webinar or a seminar and they never came in but we're going to invite them again and see if we can again bring that energy to them and then get the appointment but if we cherry pick the client base, we can't turn those prospects into clients. And you spend time, money, and energy getting those names in there, why not do something with them? So if you're calling them every six months, like back in the day when I grew up in the industry, we did the birthday and six months later. And still to this day, I teach that same thing. Why? People don't fall through the cracks. And that's what you need to have happen. Yet, the second thing is, if you pull them up every six months, then you make the decision, oh, we don't need to do anything with them right now, and then you're cherry picking. So if they're called, let's say that I am the relationship manager, I might be calling to say, happy birthday, how's your day going, is there anything we could do for you right now, doesn't matter what kind of person that is. And six months later, it could be scheduling a time to reconnect and or a review. And then some of you might have reviews on a quarterly basis. So you can set it up if it's quarterly, semi-annually, or annually. But the key thing is doing that. And around the 22nd of the month, if you print off a list, you decide who needs to be called. Again, I'm your relationship manager. I'm ready to go the first of the following month. And I think confirming, when somebody's on the phone, confirming appointments is first. You always want to confirm first. And when you confirm, you're assuming that the appointment is keeping. Sometimes when I'm training people, they'll say, hi, I have you on the calendar for tomorrow at two o'clock, does that still work? Versus we look forward to seeing you tomorrow at two o'clock. You know, it's like, boom, this is gonna happen. And then secondarily, after you confirm, and the, reason, the second reason you confirm is if somebody cancels and you can put someone else in the calendar and save that day, while I'm phoning, that's what I'm going to be focused in on, as long as there's not a lot of work that has to go with it. But then the order of the call should be anybody that needs to be rescheduled. And then it would be those that are referrals or seminar leads, follow-up appointments. All of those are first and foremost. And then when you get what I call the new blood in there, then you can focus in on the clients. And again, the clients are going to be pretty easy to schedule, or at least they should be if they have a nurtured relationship with your office. But if you call them out of the blue, five years go by and you say, hey, I want to schedule a review. It's like, why do you need a review? Like I haven't talked to you in years. So if someone's calling and believe me, it does not need to be you, the advisor. I am the phone for you. I'm only selling one thing, the appointment not a product, not a service. Anyone else? Questions? Thoughts?
I think that I've actually had comments from people that have come in to me, prospects or clients, mm -hmm. uh, that they recognize that there's efficiency in our office, that there's a process. And I think that has really helped us, especially I, I work with the people that a lot of advisors can, um, attorneys, accountants, people, uh, you know, financial, financial people, uh, engineers, okay, who reverse engineer e-money to get the results, right? Those type of people. And they're very successful, but they recognize that. So one of the things is we run a schedule scheduling report uh, through our CRM and print it out. It gets run every week. So there might be some, some specifics that the, the, the caller need, the dialer needs to know, right, to get that appointment booked. But really important in it, this is where I was saying, I don't have to get buried in it answering questions or operations doesn't. The person scheduling, their only task is to book the appointment, right? And they and they're so focused on that, they, they're very rarely derailed, right? So they're not getting caught up in side conversations. They're not, they're not even saying why the review is important other than it's to make sure that everything is updated and you know double checked, right? And, uh, and they're just, it's really, it's the system and the process that works. But I've had, I've actually had people comment on it. And most recently, last Friday, new clients came in, they're both attorneys. And I actually got that comment from them. Mm. And in their law firm, they're very process driven themselves. So that I think that adds to the professionalism of the office. And yes. they're getting a call from somebody that's only been with us for five weeks. Yes, I agree. So yeah. there's a couple of questions here. Um, Sean, you said, are we able to listen to live calls from your team? I worked in a call center and this is part of how we got trained. Um, the, only, the only live calls you can listen to is if you're in the training program. I don't just send those out to people, especially because there's names in there, right? Um, but I do think if even in your office, if people are role playing and it's recorded and then go back and listen to it and suggest different ways to handle the phone, that might be something to consider. And then Kristen said, are you leveraging your CRM as best practice to keep the cash flow going, i.e. setting up tasks with reminders? Or do you have a suggestion for best practice to keep the flow? So again, when I was referring to birthday and age change, like with a client or a prospect, sometimes with a prospect, you don't have a birthday. So you might put the month and the year that you met with that person. But no matter what, it's going to make sure that that name pops up every six months. So that's first and foremost. Yes, you can have follow-ups. Like you might be talking to somebody on the phone or I might be and they say, call me November 15th. So that's gonna be a follow-up, but I'm not gonna take them out of the routine just in case. They never fall through the cracks that way. Built on the foundation of the award-winning bucket plan process, Clarity to Prosperity's proven processes, training and coaching can help you increase your revenue. If you are a growth-minded, independent financial advisor, you qualify for a free copy of the Bucket Plan book. Go to clarity2prosperity.com forward slash offer to get your free book today. That's clarity2prosperity.com forward slash offer. And then Eric said, people love when you remember their birthdays. I agree. Like, Back in the day, and Tammy and I worked in the same office, but 
um, back in the day, we would call people on their birthdays and say, Jason, happy birthday. I hope you're having a great day. And they'd be like, oh, thank you so much for remembering me. But then people got to send them birthday cards, which I think is still fine. But in today's world, they get so many emails that when you're making that phone call, you're saying something different than most people. You're saying, we care. We take the time. We're here for you. And then because we do that, who else would benefit from what we do? I mean, it ties it all together so simply with a bow and you, the advisor, don't have to get involved at all. It doesn't matter if it's a referral, an existing client, a seminar lead, you would never have to pick up the phone again. Gina, this, I mean, it all started, you know, with you with the birthday thing, like however many years ago, 15 years ago. And um, we started implementing the, the birthdays at, at JL Smith and the calls and kind of what it's, it's evolved to now, because, you know, again, like you have a different service model, the bigger you get and the more amount of clients. And then as you start to segment those clients into like your AAAs and then your ABCs, you're going to, I mean, you do, you just treat them differently. There's a different service model. And so what we do is our AAAs, the advisor calls, right? Let the advisor gets reminded, it comes up in the CRM, and then the staff reminds the advisor first thing in the morning with the phone number, and then they call the AAAs. Those are the top list clients. And we include center of influences in our, in our service model for AAAs. So they also get called by the advisor on their birthdays. The A uh, clients, we do a quick Zoom video. Advisor gets notified just like it, but they just record a quick Zoom video and then email it over to the client. And then the Bs, we have a scheduler call in, on their birthdays. So we kind of systematized it because the advisor started to get overwhelmed because they were doing all of them at first. And then it was like, ah, the advisors didn't want to give up the AAAs. So that was kind of how that evolution, you know, happened. Yes. But the, um, one love of the, the birthdays. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm going to go back to the word nurturing is when we're reaching out and just saying happy birthday, or is there anything we can do for you at this time? We're saying we're here for you. We're not just calling them when we want something. And when we want an appointment, that's what we're saying. So it makes a difference when you're doing those calls. And back in the day when I was calling those prospects, those prospects said to me, Gina, you call me more than the financial advisor that I work with. And my response was, just think of how well we would take care of you if you were one of our clients. I mean, done, scheduled, right? It's all about wording and it's not selling the product or service. So Kathleen asked if I recommend a CRM. I don't. I just recommend that if you have people in the CRM that we call them all. We don't cherry pick them. So we have to find a system that works. I know that all of you work with different CRMs. Someone else might have a better suggestion on that. And then can your sales team make calls for us? Yes, we can. You can call our office and talk to Andy. Any other questions, thoughts, suggestions? You're all great on the phone. What else would you like to share? Gina, how do you handle a, um, somebody who's kind of, you know, they're a good prospect, but maybe they're just rude 
I mean, do you chalk it up as maybe they're having a bad day or is it like they're an ass and you eliminate them or I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think um, I can remember a couple of calls that I made and people were very perturbed because you're calling me again type thing. Um, but I learned to never assume anything about the person on the other end of the phone. Like usually we catch them off guard because they're busy, right? And then the second thing is, I believe that almost any call you make, the first response is going to be a no. But when you overcome that no, then that's where people can start getting like rude. Like, I just don't have time for this right now. I understand when might be a better time. I'm not going to go with their flow. I'm going to just stay with mine. It rattles more most people. But when you stay calm, they stay connected. So when a person literally like pounded their hand on the desk and I was like, it sounds like you're ready to schedule an appointment. And he did. So it's just like bringing even a sense of humor into the call instead of being afraid of the call. And especially for me, you know, I was 20, 21 years old and I was calling these high powered attorneys in downtown Chicago, you know, like. To me, I was like, I'm a little pee onto these high powered people. But when I got them on the phone, they were the nicest people ever because I was just, hi, it's Gina. I can't believe I finally got you on the phone. You know, it was that type of a thing. And then they can't be rude. If they are, it sounds like now's not a good time. When might be a better time? And then you call them when they say is going to be a better time. If they say, I'll get back to you, you still have to follow up because they're never going to get back to you. You know, and I know there's a question you'll probably want to answer here in a second, Gina, in there, but um, I know for me personally, I'll be interested in a service or something I want to buy or whatever it is. And I and think all of you kind of think about this, right? Have you ever had somebody follow up with you and you're actually grateful? Because it's like something you're like, maybe we're too busy for or wasn't the right time, but you actually did want them to follow up with you, right? You knew yeah. you needed their product or their service or wanted it. And it's like, I think that's a mindset shift that people need to make is, you know, being persistent, people appreciate it many times. They do. And a lot of times they say that. I truly yeah. appreciate you being persistent, especially, especially with a client. We're here to care for them. Even prospects, like we just had a client event, Gina, um, and it was like an Oktoberfest theme, theme that we did and we invited all our clients. One of the clients pulled me aside and they talked about Linda who went to your program. And they're like, I'll never forget, she, because Linda called us for a year and a half and like, we knew we needed to do something. We just weren't ready, but we so appreciated her continuing to follow up. And then thank God she find, she did because now, and now they're a client, they're an A-list client. And they were like, pulled me aside to just thank me for how persistent Linda was because what she learned, you know, this follow-up, that's just a mindset shift. Well, and that goes back to what I said in the very beginning is most times people will call one or two times and then they just give up. They just move them forward. It's dead weight in the system versus consistently calling. Um, and then the question here, have you found better times? Uh, wait, people are putting notes in here so I get lost. Have you found better times, days to get a hold of prospects? 
I, I just think calling first thing in the morning is a crucial thing. And I believe it because people have all day to get back to you. If you call somebody at two or three, they'll be like, oh, I'll call tomorrow. And then they, they don't. I don't know that there's a better time to call a prospect, a referral, seminar attendee, a client. Um, it might be the type of client base you have, you know, like if they're older, they might be up earlier, you know, that they don't go to work. Um, but if they're in an office, it's probably first thing in the morning. And do you ever leave text messages as well? I'm still old school, very old school with this, but leaving a message every three day, not a message and an email. Like if you're dealing with individuals that are busy and they're getting both, they think they get perturbed with it. And then you're not having that nurturing conversation. It's just, you might as well just send your Calendly out and say, when do you want to see me? There's no relationship there and anybody can do that. Um, but after three messages, then it's either sending a email or a text. And I've left a couple of messages. I haven't heard back from you. If it's a client, um, as I was talking about with Joe and Lisa earlier, if it's a client and you say, is everything okay? They respond instantly. I'm so sorry, I haven't gotten back to you. I've been really busy. And when they respond and say they've been really busy, how you want to respond is, I understand you're busy, just let me know a better time. As you can see, I'm persistent. Like you're setting up the process of what you're going to be doing, quarterly, semi-annually, or annually. So the two times in the morning specifically, you said first thing, is that an eight? Is it an 8.30? Is it nine? Um, I usually think that you start confirming appointments around quarter to nine, and then you're on the phone at nine o'clock, the golden hour. Yeah, that's that has been a game changer. So uh, I believe we're starting at nine o'clock and it does give people a chance to dial back right through the same day. Um, the other one is, um, and it hasn't been mentioned in here, what they're trained in is keeping the ball in our court, right? So we're not waiting for the prospect or the client to call back. We have a date that she's going to dial them back. So the attorneys that just came in, I believe it was set up around June that they said they're really busy through the summer. We'll go ahead, let's go ahead and you know maybe give me a call back in September. And they put a tentative appointment on the calendar for September and an early September called and made a confirmation on that. And they, and it was funny, they came in last Friday. I was planning to be out of town. So I had to leave after the appointment. We were hoping they would reschedule. They didn't. Right. But, uh, but that was, it was all preset in there. So we, and the same thing with the calls, we know, they know when they're going to call this person back and they're telling them, we'll give you a call back in six weeks. Or yeah. We'll and I think a, a, a key thing that you're saying, Joe, is if somebody says, I don't have the time right now, I'll get back to you. Well, we can say, okay, and we get off the phone and when do we get back to them? Because they said they were going to get back to us versus great. If I don't hear from you, when should I reach out again? Right. Yeah. That's how it, it keeps the ball in our court. Or I need to speak with my spouse. Okay. If I don't hear from you, when should I reach out? Or let me give you a couple of times, a couple of weeks in advance. And then when you're speaking with your spouse, you have some actual time frames. And when, um, I hear, when I hear them making the calls, that comes out of them as a natural conversation without any hesitation. Right. That's what's amazing. I was never able to do that. <laughs> so. Right. Um, Frank said, does it make sense to remind them in voicemail any important needs they're previously, previously shared? So 
again, I'm saying stick to the basics when we give them more, like I'd like to follow up on the investment discussion we just had, then they're like, I don't really want to do anything and they don't call back. So the reason why the voicemail is more vague or brief, again, they know who you are if it's a client, but a seminar lead, hopefully they know who you are if you just did the seminar. You might throw something in there as a reminder, you attended our seminar in January, please call me XYZ. But I think when you're telling them more of what you want, you're less likely to get the return phone call. It's been our experience. And then just going back to specifics, um, like we're looking always to get 35% reaches. And, and that's really with clients, prospects, and referrals. We're really working on seminar attendee, um, especially if we're calling all of them percentages. But you want to get the reach percentage high enough because you can't get appointments if you're not getting reaches. Some offices are like, oh, we make 50 dials a day. That means nothing. If you make 50 dials a day and you get zero responses, you have zero appointments. But if you make 50 dials in a day and you reach 35 people, then you're probably going to have a good eight to 15 appointments. So that's how you really have to be thinking. So tracking is also going to be a very crucial thing. Otherwise, you never know what kind of results you're getting. Okay, I'll do it. Um, Tammy said, if they say I'll get back to you, you'll say, okay. If I don't hear from you by the second week in October, I'll follow up with you. So I usually say, if, if you said, I'll get back to you, my response is great. If I don't hear from you, when should I reach out again? I don't wanna put a time frame in there because it might be too far out. They might say tomorrow. So I wanna say, when would you like me to reach out? And if they say Friday, I'm on it on Friday. Excellent. Thanks, Gina. Chock full of information. <laughs> I could go on for the, about this forever. Well, this is a great topic. And thanks, everybody, for, uh, for being here today. And next week, we'll be doing seminar closing techniques. And we'll have Frank's, Frank Maselli. Please reach out to Gina. If you want to put somebody through her program, you can talk to Andy at her office. Thank you, everyone. Good to see you. Have a great day. Interested in learning more about the topics discussed today? We want to know more about your challenges and priorities and how we can help build your custom roadmap to success. That's right, a custom roadmap built just for you. Schedule a free 20-minute consultation with one of our business development partners. Visit c2pe.info forward slash podcast to schedule a time that's good for you. That's c2pe.info forward slash podcast.